0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Squash Talk. I'm Pat, and we are back for part two of our discussion last week. Um, some uh, uh, controversial things we were talking about. I, I guess controversial. I don't know. I say that, but I don't really know that. And, uh, and uh, we, we, we've got uh, the, the exact same guys back, the exact same panel, because I, th- I thought that was important to continue that discussion uh, so tonight with us is uh Steve, Leon, and Brent, and uh joining us later will be uh Daniel. Um so before we get into that, I just want to say uh, I, I put a video out earlier today where um I, I kind of like I don't I don't know what the best way to describe it is, but it's like, hey, let's do something different. Let's let's actually have an outreach. This was all based on um Dr. Meldrum being on the modern day debate and actually debating Bigfoot on that channel. Um, and of course he, he knocked it out of the park. He, he represented the phenomena very well. And so uh, it just kind of sparked uh, me, inspired me to want to reach out myself in whatever capacity that I can to people outside the Bigfoot world. Cause I don't want to get in this situation where we're chasing our tails. Um, even, you know, even like people like us, the more critical thinking side of the Bigfoot world at whatever percentage that is, but we are here, we are critical thinkers, we are skeptics, we are open-minded, and, uh, you know, we, we're thinkers. So, um, so this begins our, our outreach, because I did post this link into the, uh, uh, skeptical science uh, group tonight and uh, hopefully hopefully some people there will uh, choose to engage rather than uh, like boot me out of the group <laughs> we'll see uh, but we're gonna we're gonna offer our best tonight uh, and uh, so welcome to the show guys how you doing tonight Steve Leon and Brent
1: well I'm doing pretty good uh, I I'd, I'd probably be a a, a a good example for them to actually think about. I'm an engineer. I work with science. I saw something I can't explain a few years ago. I only started to get back into the Bigfoot thing about a year and a half ago.
0: Right. It could be uh, taxing. I know. <laughs> and we'll get
2: we'll get into some of that. But uh, yeah. Leon. Uh, well, I'm kind of like Steve is, uh, the idea that people have to up the game in regards to know how to do critical thinking and actually know what that is and actually use the scientific method and know what that is and what formulas to use. The channel you were talking about in regards to, uh, what was the debate channel? Uh, modern day debate yeah modern i mean it's funny watching those debates and stuff because sometimes you're just shaking your head going my gosh the person defending the position and the person who's against the position sometimes the person who's supposed to be the healthy skeptic is the worst person to have on the on the bloody panel and uh you know like steve i've seen something that didn't make any sense to me and i need to you know, because I, I deal with the brain a lot in the profession that I do. And I know that the brain opens up people into thinking certain ways and uh, makes you pretty vulnerable because you're not your brain, unfortunately. And we're, you're not really in charge of your life as much as you think you are, or at least in control of your life as much as you think you are. So it's a great topic to yak about. And um, a lot of us here have done some pretty good investigating, not just the topic of Sasquatch, but about the people that are in the community and how they believe what they believe and why they believe what they believe and and uh, some of the inability for them to have a healthy objective positioning when they actually are looking at information and data. So that's yep. what I think on that. Over to you, Brent. <laughs> oh, sorry, that way.
3: <laughs> and, yep. and Brent. Uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Just that's <laughs> Short and sweet. <laughs> you know, I agree with uh, everything that you guys are saying, and uh, you know, uh, yeah, good to be on. Good to talk yeah. to you guys and, and to have these type of discussions uh, with everybody.
0: Well, good man. I just, um, I, I thought it important to, uh, to like I said, to to reach out to the to any any kind of people, any kind of group, small, big or even individual and, and just reach out to them and say, you know, hey, uh, there's actually something to discuss here. Here's out, you know, are you open-minded? Okay, cool. Then here's what we have to say uh, because uh, uh, the four of us here right now, uh, we realize that the Bigfoot phenomenon is uh, 100% real. We're, we're not sure what it is. We We think there's a good starting point, you know, so we don't we don't claim to know everything or have like fantastic knowledge um but it's certainly there and uh and, and the more professionals that uh that we can get involved in the uh sort of the uh discovery process the better because it, we all know there's a lot of amateurs it's just it's, just, it's full of amateurs, you know, and that's part of the problem,
3: right? The weekend you know? warriors, uh, amateur, you know, it's it's uh, uh, you know, it's it's a learning process for everybody because we, you know, a lot of us don't have the investigation skills needed to fully do a research project that you would do in you know like the real world, and you know, a lot of us just learn mm-hmm. what we see on YouTube or what other people have told us, and you know, so there's a big difference on the reality and what people think is real
2: well and again watching that debate with meldrum and that other girl there i I just thought man she's missing the whole opportunity of talking to a phd who knows about tracks and these particular tracks tracks are facts something has to leave tracks humans can leave fake bigfoot tracks but when you're talking to somebody like meldrum who's kind of the specialist in area for tracks and especially in Sasquatch tracks, you can tell there's something out there. I mean, I've come across tracks and I'm a tracker, so uh, they make no sense to me in regards to any other animal that I've ever seen in the bush. And I've spent a lot of years in the bush. So that's the key part, but it goes back to belief systems as well. I mean, that's why I get into this because I didn't just come in to look for a Sasquatch. I came in to see what happens to somebody who comes into the Bigfoot scene and also, um, Uh, What happened? uh, What what as a system, what what kind of people actually are drawn into the system? And when you look at anybody, if you don't have a belief system, your life becomes pretty bleak and it can get to such a stage of bleakness that you might want to take your own life because you don't have anything solid anymore. So I think there's a couple, there's a lot of, from my angle, I was coming from a psychological angle, and I'm also, but there's also this other side is tracks are facts. When you come across the Sasquatch footprint, they're very unique. Now you could say, if people are familiar with what a Sasquatch track would look like. Well, those can be hoax. Well, they certainly can be hoax, but not if they're real on a live animal, because there's too much flexibility and energy that's discharged within the foot or the pad when it's on the ground. You can check this out with bears. You can't, unless a person's carrying 50 different tracks that they change every footprint they make with, well, that's not going to be a Sasquatch. That's going to be somebody, or, you know, that's going to be somebody who's putting, I don't know, some kind of carved kind of something on their foot. But uh, the thing that worries me a little bit in the future is the technology and stuff in regards to people to make feet that are a little more, have a bit more undulation to them when they're walking in the forest. But um no one seemed to be that sophisticated yet, but I'm pretty sure that's coming down the pike pretty soon. I'll be challenged on that. When people say, what do you think about these tracks? Uh, I can usually pretty well tell within two or three minutes looking at a track, whether or not it's actually from a Sasquatch compared to someone trying to fool us. So,
1: yeah. I, I don't want to help hoaxers, but uh, I have a number of ideas of how to mechanically put something like that <laughs> together. Exactly.
2: you know. And there's always going to be those people out there. I mean, it's not just the topic of Sasquatch. It's a topic about anything that's kind of paranormal that's out there or yeah. cryptozoology and stuff. You know, and Cryptozoology is just trying to figure out is there animals out there that we thought weren't existing that actually are existing, if you take the basic definition of it. Mm-hmm. it's nothing about kooks or anything like that. There's a whole list of history where cryptozoology animals that we thought once didn't exist found out that we did they did exist but it, again me saying that does not mean at all that Sasquatch is uh real uh in regards to people who have viewed it who might have not seen one um and and then it goes into other areas as well when it comes to uh I asked Steve the other day if he if he could come across any accessible journal uh, information about uh, ey- eyewitness reports and how vulnerable those are for people uh compared to using eyewitness encounters uh, and it's hard to do that because i can't post that on one of my videos because the person who would have to go have access or have some kind of a degree to actually access that data from universities and stuff for yeah, academic they're people,
1: behind so. some sort of a paywall one exactly. your-
2: right and so the general yeah. public uh you know they' and again when it again it doesn't matter what Sasquatch or anything else online that's paranormal or cryptozoology or that kind of stuff, you're, the biggest caution I always warn people about is this bloody priming narrative. I mean, people watching right now have no idea who I am. And I take you out into the bush and I give you a nice priming narrative that this is a Sasquatch and that's a Sasquatch. And look, this is a Sasquatch and that's Sasquatch. <laughs> but what I miss out on is the important re- thing to show the, home, the people at home, the viewer, uh, the reason why it is a Sasquatch. That's the information that you'll find online that's been saturated for the last 15, 20 years of people just making a priming narrative, but no one is explaining it. So no one challenges it. And as this team here is now formulated along with a few other teams that we got going on right now, we start challenging those people and uh, not directly, but we just challenge them with good evidence, solid evidence, good questions, scientific process. uh, And that challenges them in a way also exposes them that what most of us have followed online has been, uh, we bought it hook, line, and sinker because of the narrative, because people want to find a Sasquatch. Don't do it that way. It's not going to help. Prove it's not a Sasquatch first. Actually, why don't you prove what it actually is? That's what you should be looking at. Don't yeah, be have,
1: where I've been coming into this is, I got access to a research area where there is reported activity, frequent ongoing activity. And my approach has been to, first of all, try to reproduce some of the things that they're observing and try to figure out what's causing it. I think that studying the the various phenomena and understanding what those phenomena are will lead to what is actually going on out there, even if it, it is, even if it happens to be a large hairy hominid in the woods. A lot of what I've heard out there are owls and coyotes and dogs at a nearby housing development. But then I had trees fall down. I had a, a branch break there, but the, the swoosh sound when it hit the ground came from over there five seconds later. that Something seems a little coordinated about that. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, there, there's a million reasons to um, to dismiss uh, certain uh, certain encounters or certain types of the phenomena, and there's a million reasons to uh, explore.
4: And, and I, really that's I what watching. people
0: don't understand is that it's not this this oh one size fits all. Oh, you just heard a coyote. Oh, you misidentified a bear you know, like these simple, simple-minded answers that are actually closed-minded answers. It's like, no, there's actually a lot more going on here. That's why we
2: want to have the discussion with anyone. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah I can keep Daniel. talking. You want me to keep talking? <laughs> you guys going to have well, to jump in here because I well,
0: got it. Let's, let's, <laughs> well, uh,
2: let's welcome Daniel to the show. Hey,
0: Daniel. Hey, guys.
4: Hey guys how you guys doing? <laughs> yeah. What do you think? What do you think, Daniel? Well, just from gathering what you guys were just discussing since I jumped on, uh, you know, people in general, you know, just from observations and what I observe on, on social media, what people are, you know, claiming and stating out there, you know, I do believe that some of them may not be claiming them intentionally uh, mentally, I believe a lot of them believe, really believe what they're claiming. Um, and then the way I look at it, I believe it's because they're they're not aware or they're simply misinformed. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I say that because I was that kind of person at one time. And maybe a lot of us were, you know, um, there's a lot of things out there that we hear and and experience. And we all want to say Bigfoot. There's Bigfoot this big or whatever other cryptid might be around, you know, that they believe in. Um, and they want to give Bigfoot the credit, you know, for everything they hear, see, and experience. But, um, again, that goes back to neglecting the other known possibilities that I like to talk about often. So, uh, so being misinformed, uh, you know, or just not aware of what something actually is, um, Then again, like I said, you know, I I also believe that, you know, you do have those out there that don't care that everything's going to be Bigfoot regardless, you know, because they want to be the, you know, the big honcho in the Bigfoot community. Like, yeah, I know everything about Bigfoot. Uh, You know, I got the most Bigfoot activity in my area and I've seen it. There's a lot of, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? People with big heads—they got a, you know, big ego. Ego is the probably the number one issue in the bigfoot community, and so there's a probably a list of things that we could point at, and you know, so if that has anything to do with what you guys are discussing, now, I mean, at least that's what I've gathered. You know, you guys are talking about, yep, yeah. So, but at this point, that's pretty much how I look at it. You know, misinformed and just not aware of things. You know, uh, people need to be a little bit more humble and take the time to analyze and study and like if i hear a noise out in the woods that sounds a little off compared to what i'm very familiar with with all the other known species if it doesn't sound right i'm going to remember that sound and now i'm going to think about what what closely resembles that sound um and i'm going to go research it i'm going to jump on youtube and listen to all the different wildlife sounds you know because <laughs> that's one thing i i, I kind of try to get people to do you know especially if the new ones or or the younger people i said have fun go on youtube do do research you know you'd be surprised what you type in there what might show up and just take the time and browse through and listen to the sounds you know you know because you know a lot of people that don't get out in the woods that much you know you know it was a different lifestyle when i was younger i'm sure it's the same for you guys you you guys probably spent a lot of time out, out in nature and out in the woods unlike the children today they're all on video games, you know, <laughs> and, uh, or t- phones or whatever the technology might be today. I didn't have technology when I was a kid. I was riding my bike, playing in the woods and, you know, doing all that. So I got familiar with what's out there, <laughs> you know? So, but, uh, but yeah, that's my two cents on that at the moment. So. Yeah. Well,
1: one of the things that I
4: think is important
1: is to, if, if you're not, really familiar with the area you know when when hunting season comes around go out to your research area look at the people who are hunting out there go out and meet them talk to them i mm-hmm. heard the sound earlier this year play the sound and do you have any idea what this is there there are people who live in that area yeah talk to them
4: now there i agree with you don't get where i i Completely agree with you on that, um, I have asked questions of other people I've met that you know hang out or hike or fish or hunt in my ear um, always I'm always fishing for information from other people you know i I work my way up there trying to ask questions um, but now the thing is with that, the way i'm I'm thinking right off the top of my head, if you play a sound to them and let's Jay, let's just say let's entertain the thought that it could be from something that's unknown. But to them, the other person, they might say, "Oh, that's just a this or that." It may sound like something, which you know, which is a good thing to consider. But what if they're going to just t- yeah? What if they're going to just tell you, you know, what they be- what what they believe in? You know, as far as if it's something already known, but it might not well, be.
1: They could also be. They could also already have the Bigfoot priming, and they're sure Bigfoot's out there. Um, but. Part of what you need to ask is, okay, how do you know that? What Ah. what is your understanding? Why do you have that understanding? Have you seen that animal make that sound, or have you heard that sound and then seen that animal come out of that same direction? Right. Hmm.
4: Yeah, it's yeah, good point. You
1: have to get more background. It's not just a matter of have you heard this? Do you know what it is? But then it's why do you know what it is?
2: That's right. right. Yeah, and it's also about vetting the information and data. Like again, the Sh- the Chehalis cries that came in there, and Thomas went and investigated them, and everyone thought they were Sasquatch stuff, and they were associated to other calls that came in in the Pacific Northwest. And when he got there, he found out what it was. He didn't like what it was because he had knew what he was going to walk into if he'd said what it was in the online scene, which is those were coyotes. And uh, talking to Thomas, they said, "Yeah, I heard those same song, the uh, same uh, sounds, and they were coyotes." That's ten years after he had his experience, and how people look at you as you're. Yeah, and again, this isn't just about the Bigfoot scene; it's about the human condition in any topic. If a person believes what they want to believe, and they, they it turns into a belief system which isn't objective A belief systems from inside out, which means it's sub- subjective. And so what ends up happening is they will defend it to, uh, to the end and it's not helping out in regards to this topic. And I spend a lot of my times like Pat, when you were talking about all the interviews that did last week regarding the slow can, Bigfoot Sasquatch sighting. Mm-hmm. And having to go in there after uh, Matt Moneymaker's claim is these are the best Sasquatch tracks of 2020, well, he doesn't show up to the site, doesn't look at the site, makes a huge declaration like that because he's a public figure that's on TV and does all these Bigfoot TV shows. People just trust him because they have trusting regulators that they believe what he's saying is to be factual. And you you hear the comments of people saying, that's fantastic, that's great. Well, then we our team goes up and takes a look at it. We excavate the snow uh, tracks and they're not Sasquatch at all. They're 100 percent moose. Now, is that embarrassing? Well, it'd be embarrassing if I was the one making this the, the declaration saying these are the best, best Sasquatch, Sasquatch tracks of 2020, and then should there. be. They should be, right? But the key part is, and when you're collecting data, and I don't care if you use the scientific method, and scientists will have a frustration with this as well, because they have to do the same thing, you know? You do the uh, uh, cascade effect, where you've spent a lot of time, finances and money, you've notified other colleagues about what you believe is, uh, your, your hypothesis or your suspicions are these... Dots seem to connect that this data is meaning it means this, and then later on you find out you're totally wrong. You have to bend the knee to the person who shows you why you're totally wrong. And uh, the idea of you know we've been saturated for 15 to 20 years in regards to a cultural concept of what we believe Sasquatch is, but no one's ever vetted. A, a lot of the information's not been vetted and made solid. Vaughn had gave a good question here. He's I don't know if it's still available for you to pull up here, Pat, but. Mm-hmm his suggestion in the comment was, you know, how will we know when we have good evidence that we can stand on, when, when, we, can, when we can track them. That's how, in my opinion, that's how we will know them. Tracks are facts, uh, like you were saying, Daniel. The problem with a lot of us is we're not familiar with the bush anymore in our culture. You know, we're not like 100 years ago. Um, we're certainly not like from the 40s, 30s, 40s and 50s. Yeah, that's the question right there. And it's a good question. Uh, The the bottom line is we will be here and this is the big thing about going up and viewing those tracks in the claim The systemic problem on the online scene regarding the Bigfoot community is we're not vetting the data with a higher standard than what needs to be done So uh, no wonder people think that either you're a nut job or you're crazy (laughs) You know because by the time they get maybe plugged into the right people and we've talked about this before It's taken me five years to come across the right people to talk to the academics that uh, know there's something out there. Uh, you know, I don't have a coffee with Sasquatch every day. I just know that there's, there's definitely something in there and the academics tell us there's something out there. Yeah. So that's what we know for right now. Um, and the idea about being citizen researchers, which is a lot of Bigfoot people in the community uh, would like to view themselves as, well, if you're yeah. gonna be a, a citizen researcher, you need to contact academics to ask them, what is that and what do you need from us? Have the academics direct you to where to go, how to go go about doing it and collect the correct information about it. So um, again, we we've, the online saturation of most people's uh, introduction to this is usually YouTube or some mm-hmm. kind of online um, um, process. And the problem with that is before they find us, they're going through a hundred of the other channels, which are these again, declarational priming of the brain, which makes them have a uh, biasness to their position. Because they don't don't vet the information because they have trusting regulators that that they're hoping because they're interested in Sasquatch, like most people would be about any topic. I'm supposing if you're going online to look about knitting because you love to knit, (laughs) make sweaters out of knitting, that you're going to trust the person teaching you about knitting, that they know what they're talking about. (laughs) and Later on, you'll find out that you tried their techniques and the sweater you were knitting turns into be nothing in the shape of a sweater whatsoever that is very <laughs> for you. So you check out another knitting channel and the same thing happens to you there. You check out another 50 of those channels and the same things happen there. And you realize none of these people know about knitting. <laughs> none of these people know about what they're talking about. And, but yet there, there's this other side of it where there are things that are pointing there's something wandering the bush out there. And uh, there's enough people who have seen it that are genuine people. Uh, including police officers and encounters when you go through that data, that there's definitely seems to be something out there. Eyewitness stuff, I don't put a lot of stake in it unless I can really assist a person to help me understand what they're seeing to see, whether or not they actually visually saw what they saw. Or for instance, again, this particular sighting, um, I remember Matt was commenting on one of his posts. He said, well, the, the witnesses said they saw a Sasquatch. Well, when we went and went, uh, interviewed the witnesses, That's not what they said. The witnesses said, both witnesses said, they thought it was a bear. So so, so
1: Matt wanted them to have seen a Sasquatch, and so they reported
2: they saw a Sasquatch.
1: Well, I think what
2: they did was they reported that they saw a bear, but he didn't like the answer for that. And I think he responded back, well, the witnesses said they saw a Sasquatch to defend his position but the witnesses were very sincere, which were great. And they were very honest and they were very flexible with what their perception was in regards to what they were looking at. So they were taking more in an objective approach than what Matt was. And again- well, it,
3: Matt, it, it seems like Matt was just using that, uh, their encounter to, uh, to create a sensation. So he, you know, cause it's no coincidence that finding Bigfoot was about ready to, you know come back out with their single episode so i'm sure From, yeah promotion <laughs> yeah i'm sure you know that didn't have any part to uh to do with uh his his thing and, and i'm sure you've heard the the phrase that the truth can circle the world before the or a lie will circle the world before mm-hmm. the truth has a chance to get its, its boots on and yeah and it's the same yeah. situation he can go ahead and make that declaration of hey these are the best and when it gets fact checked it uh, fact checked on him You know, he doesn't have to walk it back or anything because less people are going to hear what you're talking about versus what he's actually talking about.
1: Well, but actually he can walk it back. He did walk it back. He just deleted it off social media. So that never happened.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And with YouTube, you know, with the YouTube, uh, you know, how people come in, uh, uh, you know, and have YouTube uh, have YouTube as a resource for how to research Bigfoot you know, it's unfortunate that YouTube has their algorithms. And if you know a lot of these popular people on YouTube, they post videos like every other day, which is what YouTube really kind of wants. So yeah. those, those, uh, those channels get promoted more as far as recommendations and stuff. Cause they're more aligned mm-hmm. with what YouTube wants from a channel as, as far as producing fresh new content oh. that, that people will watch. Yeah. This, the saturation and, and, and by
0: all means, like, uh, I guess the greater point here for anybody watching now who's a a, a true skeptic who's outside the Bigfoot world and just kind of goes poo-poo's on it, you know, um, is that um <clears throat> there's another element to what, what's going on here. There's there's an actual phenomenon, a hundred percent. You know, it's not just bumpkins. You know, making up stories or misidentifying bears, which I don't know. That would be that would be kind of a weird phenomena in of itself. But uh, regardless, um, there you know, there's an actual element that understands that uh, there's something going on here, and and we have to. We're dealing with it inside of that world, inside the Bigfoot bubble, ourselves. And uh, I, I just think it's important to know that that's actually happening in in what I keep calling the Bigfoot world. I don't know what else to call it. I mean, if you guys have a better like nomenclature, I'm well, all for I, it. I, I kind
1: of actually use that. Um, Samuel had a comment here that that I liked, and that I, I'd like okay. to speak to just a little bit. Sure. Um, it, you, you can look at it as two camps: the the flesh and blood and the paranormal, but. My observation is what I saw, and and certainly what I encountered. I didn't really see anything in the car when my car got shoved to the side while I was in it. Uh, but whatever moved the car, I'm pretty sure was a real physical being. Um, I I I felt its influence in in the world around me. But I but I also observe that there are people who experience things that are certainly more paranormal and that just tells me that there are multiple things going on so to me the the, the flesh and blood creature that that's sasquatch the the whole wrapper for everything that people are calling bigfoot that is what i call bigfoot and that includes all the the paranormal stuff that we kind of need to try to define and, and get a grip on what people are actually experiencing. Cause people really are experiencing things out there and are they purely psychological phenomena? Are they natural phenomena that we do not understand well?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, again, that's a, that's a whole, like that's a whole department, right. Of, of what I would call the Bigfoot community or, the phenomenon itself, because we do get reports of supernatural ability, but yet here we are. Somebody like me, at least, I'm a skeptic, and you know, my first thought is, well, is there a natural explanation? And I always love to use the octopus um, as uh, an example. example. Um, feedback, someone. Yeah, no,
2: there's, somebody there's got feedback. Feedback. Uh, uh,
0: yeah. Meet everybody. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> meet everybody. Meet everybody. Uh, uh, check check one two. Oh, can you hear me? It's yeah, it's gone. Check. Yeah, it was Daniel. Uh, um, I like to use the octopus as an example uh, because if I I I'm under the, under the, I'm, under the I'm under the belief. Okay. Somebody figured it out. If you if if you picked any person off this planet um, in a primitive remote area and threw them into a situation with the octopus, that they would think that thing supernatural. Like it, it, if they had no knowledge of an octopus, never seen one on TV or anything like that. Um, I just I I think that would be uh, a very powerful thing. They would interpret it as supernatural, uh, maybe even godlike. Like
2: if you go far back enough in history, well, they'd be they'd view it they view it like paranormal. It, it's a shape shifter, mm-hmm. right? It seems yep. to, able to disappear. It, it it could go into a, a portal now, meaning that it would blend into the environment, so it looked like it's gone somewhere right and yeah you would you would see it that when i i like using that analogy i mean if we were around if we were living right now that we would have the internet 500 years ago and we saw these uh, spirits underneath the ship as we're sailing and a galleon say and they're six to seven feet long of plasma energy going underneath the boat we would suspect our, our belief system would spiritualize that uh thing because we again you're not your brain your brain's trying to process something that it has no context for. It. So it goes on to that must be a spirit or that must be a ghost from Davy Jones' locker. But today in modern day, if we took you out to the West Coast and we were out kayaking in the middle of the night, uh, we would come across uh, the same visual. But today, because of science, we understand that it has nothing to do with the spirits or anything. It has to do with bioluminescence from bacteria that when things go through it, like a nice six to seven foot long seal oh. or porpoise, uh, it lights up underneath the boat. And and that's going to scare the spookiness out of me if I was around again, 500 years ago, and I believed in this uh, style of magical world that we live in, because we didn't have science solid back then, nor were we academically educated to know what we're talking about. And the literacy rate to understanding stuff was much lower than it is today. So I think that's, that's a you know, it doesn't matter what we're talking about, it doesn't matter what a person believes. It doesn't matter like I'm dealing with a lot. I just told you guys I was just undercover for three and a half months in a cult. a Christian cult. And the whole thing about being in <laughs> undercover in that whole thing, I had to wait to find out how long it would take before people recognize me as the other. before I exit it, Uh, because the belief system can sniff out things. And it's kind of like when you're in the Bigfoot community, if you don't follow the rules, if you don't sound the same way we sound and we don't talk the same way, uh, then uh, we become the other. So critical thinking is viewed as criticizing. Objective thinking you're closed-minded. None of those in in scientific method uh, are talking about it that way at all. Steve can speak about this a bit more, too. But the idea of when you're looking at any kind of information, you know, the idea that uh, if you let the academics, say, uh, be in control of it, well, then they can manipulate the data. I mean, I'm from Canada. The academics I know that are PhD and doctor level people, they're not that way they may come against me in regards to some ideas, but they're flexible enough, even though they might have to bend the knee and they won't want to, including myself. I don't like bending the knee when I'm wrong, especially if I invested a lot of time and stuff, especially if I worked on a video three times and edited it for over 40 hours and find out the last thing I posted was I have to correct it again. I don't want to correct it again. I want to be right because I'm frustrated of all the time and energy I spent in it, to it, but I have to do that. And again, the Bigfoot online community I'm not speaking directly as a criticism to it. It's about we're here to figure out what we can do to move this whole thing forward. Agreed. Don't change what we're doing. uh, Everybody who is the skeptics who might be checking in on the other platforms that are skeptics, they have every right to come after us. Everyone has the right. If it's solid, evidence, it stands. That's the other thing. If we have solid evidence, it stands. If there's a skeptic watching right now on one of the other channels, viewing in and I took you out and I showed you Sasquatch tracks you get to be the skeptic we bring a skeptic with us every time we're investigating stuff because we want the skeptic uh, we want them to help us not get sucked into a priming of our own brain of hoping it's a sasquatch. Yeah. When we come across a trackway, especially if the, with this so-called trackway we investigated was solid, we would have followed them for miles. We'd be able to follow where they came from, we, where they uh, where they ended up, where they bedded down. That would have gave us all the good solid evidence that most academics would appreciate.
0: Yeah, they're not they're not dumb apes. Obviously, this is two thousand twenty one. We've we have chimpanzees, we have gorillas, we have orangutans. These, this is not like that. They're not like
2: that. Well, I don't know if they are or not, other than that I know that all primates are pretty brilliant at what they do. They just do it differently. So what are we dealing with? I don't know what we're dealing with. I know that they don't seem to have culture. People can say they have culture, or like Carrie mentioned one time, I know that they eat this and they don't eat that. Well, again, it goes back to Patrick's comment, is how do you know that? Did you see them do that? Right. Did you see them make that? Did you see, like, how do you know that? That's the information we don't have. Any other species we have for Well, I just
0: just know that we don't have one in a zoo. So that, to me, that almost automatically separates them into a different category of uh, what we call dumb apes, you know?
4: Uh, Well, maybe, maybe
2: not. Go ahead.
4: yeah. Uh, I'm just going to make a quick mention. I mean, technically, yeah, as humans, you know, we have rights and everything. But what's to say that, you know, hey, just because gorillas and chimpanzees are in zoos, what if the were return like Planet of the Apes? What if we were in, you know, but not 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 even that. I know I'm just kind of being silly on that. But, I mean, we get captured, you know, in war. just prisoners of war. I mean does that make those people stupid because they got captured and got put in caves? I mean thing is yeah what I'm trying to get at is you can't underestimate you know anything really any situation cuz I believe if Bigfoot was you know cornered by the wrong people if they have had, if they had the gear if you know I'm sure it could be done I don't, I don't see that being impossible but um, but who's uh, doing that? I mean, well no, well, no. there are
1: groups that are trying to, and we, we see the level of success that they've had so far.
2: Zero. Right. And I don't think that, you know, if you're dealing with people, people aren't, it's not that people aren't intelligent. They're stuck with the data that you provide them. So if I'm teaching a, a class or a course on something, most people are not going to know what I know in my head. So does that mean they're not intelligent? No, my my part as an educator is to assist people to uh, have a a systematic structure of building on factual things and concepts and ideas, so that they understand personally from the inside out what I'm trying to educate them about. That's the resources that is not happening online. We just have uh, priming of the narrative. And I'll keep hammering on this because I don't care anymore what people want to say about me. The bottom line is either you want sure. to know what you're looking at and why it is that way so that you can be solid about what you're doing. Because it's not just this idea. The, uh, it's not about the topic of Sasquatch. That, I mean, it is about the topic of Sasquatch, but it's a topic about believing in anything if you don't have the capacity to have a systematic systematic way of understanding how to believe and understand how to end at the end result of what we're trying to facts and truth about ourselves, then your psychological state is not, is going to be unstable because it's fractured or it's split. And so when I'm dealing with people in my office that have, wrong belief system especially if they have some they're on the spectrum in some form of way the last thing you do is you don't go into agreeing with them regarding to delu- their delusional thinking because that is going to cause more harm than help for them you have to ha- um you have to assist them to understand uh, why what they're believing isn't correct but you have to assist them from the inside out so that they formulate a structured capacity in their neural net pathway and they're also in their emotional psychological a phys- physical insides of what makes them solid, especially if they come out of traumatic experiences in the past, because that has all been fractured and it's all been impacted yes. past history and events. And I, I'm sorry, I'm gonna pull this out a little bit more. All the data you have in your head is all the data you have to assess anything. And when you see something of the unknown, no matter what it is, your brain automatically goes through all those files to come up with some kind of concept. So mm-hmm. you come online, you hear about Sasquatch, you're in the bush, You look through the trees, it's dusk out, and there's a shape there. That pareidolia is going to kick into your head with a shape of that looks like a Sasquatch. Now, you're not thinking that. Your brain's done that for you. And then it comes into the front of your cortex with apophenia, a statement of what it is. That's a Sasquatch. Now, you got to be able to vet that information to find out why it is. So what you do next day You go out, you see if there's any tracks there. You take pictures of the area. And as Thomas said before, which I 100% agree with him, if you have to explain the picture or the video, it's not good enough evidence. You might have even seen a Sasquatch, but to show a picture and then have to explain it is not good enough evidence. Um, Well,
4: with with that that being said, also with that perception of, of, I'll call it perception of deception, (laughs) uh, (laughs) You know, so if you're in a situation in that I know this is a lot of people are not going to agree with this, but if anyone has the balls or if they're brave enough, if they think they're looking at a Sasquatch, why don't you approach that direction and see if it moves? You know, yeah, that may not be a smart thing to do, but if you feel brave enough, I mean, why not? You know, or, or work around, walk, circle that location, and keep your eye on that and see if that shape or whatever seems to move or disappear or fade out and you know, it could have been a shadow or overlay of other trees and, you know, or, or other debris in the forest. But yeah, there's other ways to, you know, debunk that, you know, because I've been I've been a, a couple of rare situations. I've seen things. I was like, what the heck is that? And I kept staring and staring. I said, I got to approach that area. I've done that just to see that it was just, a, you know, dead tree, you know, or burnt or oh, a burnt tree! because we have a lot of dark burnt trees throughout different parts of our national forest since they've done control burn, you know, so yeah, there's a lot of things with the light uh, with a with a correct proper lighting and and then some shadows and whatever, yeah, sometimes it can be deceiving out there, even you know, even for somebody like me that, you know and I believe I'm pretty well observing you know, so that's why I haven't come forward and claimed i've you know, got Bigfoot in my videos. You know, or nothing like that. Well,
1: that's <laughs> one of the reasons I like to have that little thermal camera that I have. Uh, yes, I am. I am not at all bothered to step out into the dark off the trail, but I do like to look to be sure there isn't a bobcat or a bear right there.
4: Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah.
2: Brent, you're a little quiet. Why don't you share a little bit about that whole process you went through with your you, how you were primed? You primed yourself because of the narration in regards to the tuning fork tree incident. It's what I call it. I know you call it differently, but uh.
3: hmm. yeah, that was a uh, it was a uh, well. You know uh, what we we're what you guys were talking about. I think we're at the stage now where people need more examples of how to do it better, right. and not just what uh, you know is are constantly showing up in their. Uh, youtube algorithm as far as what is popular on youtube on you know in this subject and and uh you know it's um yeah but uh, as far as that that tree yeah you know that's a great example and i was actually thinking about doing a a video and articulating even better as far as the whole process of you know how how you can get primed in this subject uh and Through various ways and it's usually through manipulation of what's being told to you and and you know just the the whole process of 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 the priming then how that will actually form a confirmation bias of you know what you're actually experiencing which I think a lot of people uh you know that are just getting into the Bigfoot phenomenon that are out there going out to the woods that don't have that experience and stuff you know I think that this is what primarily happens to them it's uh they get primed and then they get the confirmation bias of they go there and they're like, yes, yes, this is really what's kind of happening. And, uh, just cause they can't really, you know, they don't, they, they're so, they just believe it so much and then they have a cognitive dissonance, which will, will protect this belief. So when you try to talk to them about it, you know, they're going to defend it, you know, like they would defend, you know, a religion. And, you know, that's where a lot of the conflict comes about is, you know, the, the how that whole, um, that whole process is and getting people to understand how that process is a big factor and how we uh, initially investigate the Bigfoot phenomenon. And I just think that we really need better examples. You know, Steve Coles, he's a good example. He's a private investigator. It would be nice if, you know, people would get together uh, and come up with a procedure of sorts of this is how it's kind of done. Okay, so we we came across this uh, whatever type of evidence. You know, a sound, for instance, well, how are we going to properly vet this out versus, you know, just go blasting online saying, hey, look, this is Bigfoot, you know, and there there will always be those people. But, you know, I think that we need to give people more The, you know, the people who do want to who do want to try and learn and stuff, give them the tools necessary to better vet their own evidence when they're out there, because, you know, from when I first got into this, you know, five, six years ago, to where I am now, it's, it's a, it's a stark difference. And, and I, have and I had a lot of detours, rabbit holes, and a lot of things that wasted my time and money. And, you know, if we can give, you know, the people coming into this better resources of how to actually better do it, maybe they'll be the ones to get the evidence that we kind of need because, you know, how it is, is their success is our success because it's very true. You know, uh, you know, as Daniel pointed out, there's a lot of ego in this, in this subject and, and it's overcoming that and, you know, getting people, you know, the resources. So when they're out there now, like I say, there'll always be people, you know, that are out there that just want the attention from YouTube that will just, you know, always have that. And, and the thing is, we can't be discouraged by that, you know, because uh, you know, it's a slow process of, of, you know, building it the way that we could, it kind of needs to do. Or kind of needs to go. But I think that uh, we should really somehow articulate an outline of sorts. So, uh, you know, like the me of five, six years ago, could have used to better navigate this, this maze of, you know, wrong roads and, and rabbit holes. You know, I, I think that that's where we're kind of at the stage now of of, you know, we need to give these people better examples. And we do, we try the best that we can with how we do it. But, you know, we're all you know, it's it's good that we're all coming together more to better articulate it for for people more. It, you know, and, and I'm sure in time we're going to even, you know, maybe come up with those procedures and maybe a how to of like, hey, this is how you actually do it type of stuff. You know, and, and uh, you know, that. To be, yeah.
4: Well, anyone here, uh, anyone here familiar with uh, Darby Orcut by any chance? Not me. Uh, no. Uh, Darby Orcutt, very great guy, Bigfoot believer, but also a major skeptic professor at North Carolina state university. Um, I had numerous conversations with him, a lot of discussions. Uh, he was also one of my speakers at my first year conference. And, uh, also he's come up from North Carolina to spend time and explore out in my area with me. And, uh, but again, we've had a lot of discussions and everything. You guys are really like this guy. Um he also used to work along on a project with the late Dr. John Bendernik, a wildlife biologist. Um and I, I know you guys know who he is, right? And mm-hmm. well, uh you know, and they weren't it wasn't just the, the two of them. There was others involved with this kind of a private download project. Uh, it involved other uh primatologists and other scientists where they were working together, uh, coming up with what they call protocols. Uh, basically, uh, I'm not going to try to explain the whole thing. Uh, it's cause it's, it's, it's a lot more to it, but there's protocols that they, uh, that they come up with, uh, you know, cause you know, like when we find Bigfoot tracks, I'll use tracks, for example, you know, science, mainstream science, you know, that's something a lot of them will easily dismiss. Why? Because tracks, you know, can be hoaxed. Um. But there's protocols that they come up with uh, that would actually uh, basically give scientists something to actually consider. You know, um, for example, collecting collecting various sorts of uh, samples from these tracks. You know, and having them tested in a chem- like a chemistry lab. Don't send them off to a DNA lab. No one's going to test. Like you have a track impression in the grass or or you know, or even if it's clean enough dirt or soil, you could collect that soil. You can't send dirt and sand or whatever the soil is to a lab, you know, DNA lab. But there is labs that test them, you know. Um, but again, I'm not going to try to get into what he explained. He could explain it a lot better. Somebody like him, um, he he would be a great uh, person to add on to this this discussion. Um, uh, yeah, but, I'd
0: love to. I would love to have him on the air. Actually, yeah, like where, yeah, where, where have you been hiding this guy from me Daniel what the what the, <laughs> what, the, what the hell I've, man?
4: Had, I've <laughs> had him on radio shows and old podcasts before, but yeah, me and darby, yeah, I haven't spoke to him recently, but uh yeah i I'll, I'll get in contact with him. he's on my friend's list again, okay, his yeah. name's dar-, dar Darby Orcutt, if you want to look him up, send a message, just tell him Daniel sent you, so. <laughs> yeah no, just,
0: yeah connect me if you yeah. can, and I mean, he would be a great person to have right here right now, so
4: obviously. yeah he, he explains things very easily and get this one of his classes you know or of course the, the university that he's he's at they uh i don't think they've been having any in classroom uh teachings right now, but but however, one of his main things uh one of his classes he does teach a class it's it's very scientific and very objective but it it focuses on sasquatch it's cool yeah so you don't get to hear about <laughs> something like that in in a university so but yeah <laughs> but uh his yeah. his students are very engaged I- engaged with the whole thing because again it's it, they look at different things scientifically in uh, uh, objective and and considering the possibility and so but again Darby does believe, but yet he's very extremely skeptical on a lot of it. So but uh I was very impressed when he came out to the uh you know and explored out in my area. Uh, I'm i I'm, I'm skeptical. Yeah. Well uh, yeah. you come up here we're, I,
1: we're all skeptical, that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, we're skeptical
4: to a point. Because right. the problem is,
2: we've all seen just a avalanche of just not appropriate information that's been shared online. That's not helping anybody at all. Most yeah. yeah. of us have gone through all of that information. That's how we know it's not helping people at all because it hasn't helped us
3: at all. Yeah. And so, uh, we'll so does it make YouTube clicks? What's that? Yeah. It helps people get YouTube clicks. Well, that's
2: that's not why i
3: I don't think that's why you guys are online. That probably. No, 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 but those are the ones that, that uh, usually get the attention are
4: are right. you know, the ones right. that uh, usually help, the channels are, that
1: people find because they have more clicks because they're they're filling the need rather than actually providing information. Information is boring.
2: Yeah. Well, and it goes back to what we were talking about before about the priming. I mean, you come online, you're looking for any topic. What you're going to look for is somebody who has the most subscribers and the most views, because that works really nice with your brain, because your brain likes numbers, because numbers tell that there's value, and if there's value, because there's a lot of views and a lot of subscribers, there must be factual truth there, not necessarily at all. No, you're right. Yeah. Right. So, and that's the scary part of it for people coming online. We should, we got to keep doing what we're doing, which yeah, is- there
1: there's entertainment value.
2: Yes and, and there's no problem if you're saying it's an entertainment channel and there's no problem saying if it's the, you're just sharing people's stories but as soon as you're claiming or giving the impression that this is factual vetted information which is what I have had a problem with uh not personally but as far as coming online hearing that and then checking out what the uh, the accusation or not the accusation the claims are and then finding out they're not even close then then there's I have a problem with that I mean on my channel, I mean, I have the Skeptic Society link on my channel and uh, a few other kind of style of platforms like that because you need that information. You need to learn how to think uh, uh, against yourself. And Agreed. Help people. So, Agreed.
0: And that's, uh, it, uh, thanks for saying that, Leon. Like, I, I don't think I could say it any better. You need to learn how to think. And here we are. We're in the Bigfoot world. We're those kinds of thinkers and we're actually trying to teach people how to think, or at least show them, show them how to think. And 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 I I think that would blow a lot of people's minds. Like, what? There there are guys in the Bigfoot world that are doing that and that they talk like this. Um which is why I'm I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give it, you know make that connection, that outreach, that, that video I made earlier. Well, yeah. again,
2: they have every right to be skeptics. Why <laughs> would yeah. they have a right to be skeptics? I agree. We've been I in agree. A,
3: we've been yeah. in it for five Honestly,
1: you have a personal responsibility to be a skeptic, so you don't fool yourself.
3: <laughs> 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 yep. So so it your is. Time. Yep. yep. But I mean, you know, I think it, it comes down to you know helping these, giving them the the good resources and. And I don't know how best to, you know, or how best to, that should be presented to, you know, the, you know, all the people or, you know, the people that you want to try and get this message to, you know, is, I is it have a, a, a playlist, playlist
1: in, in my YouTube channel? I have a playlist that it, they, they may not be the best, but there's some pretty good videos talking about how the brain responds in things like conspiratorial thinking. Yeah. So why why is conspiratorial thinking addictive? Because it really is addictive. Your Your brain gets addicted to the chemicals that are making you feel good when mm-hmm. you get an idea that you believe to be true, and then you seek out circles that reinforce that idea and make it feel even better, and you keep getting those drugs built up, and they're made in your own brain.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think for you, uh, that the thing about what you did, Brent, in regards to the tooting fork incident, <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, you had courage to step out of it. Instead of looking for Sasquatch, you went from that brain set to what is making the sound. Yeah, and- it was
3: a, it, it was a it was literally an overnight switch. Uh, when I was talking to Stephen Stroyford of of uh, Bigfoot Books, you no, know, he was you know really kind of helped you know. Uh, getting rid of all the priming and confirmation bias that I've collected over the years really? you know, to that point. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a, I hated the dude like before, but you know, I started talking <laughs> to him privately and because uh, I, I knew that there was some truth and, and he was right with some of the stuff he was saying and that a lot oh. of the issue was kind of me, you know, with, with how, uh, you know, I wasn't fully properly actually investigating this particular tree and so he the exact words he said to me was, uh, don't go out and try to prove what's underneath there. Just go find out. And that there for me just was a really a switch in my brain that just it just cleared out everything. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, and that's when I actually restarted my investigation, which I always encourage anybody who has been in this for years or just getting into it to, to just restart mm-hmm. your investigation from scratch, because you know, I was able to, to, you know, not only figure that tree out, but to also vet out a lot of the stuff that I thought was Bigfoot experience, you know, and I, and so it just, it really helped me get to a better place of understanding what I'm experiencing out in the woods, because that's what it's all about is really, really fully understanding what we're experiencing out there. So we have the, the most realist of experience, and we're not, fooling ourselves, because with this experience, with the experience with that tree, I, you know, myself, I fooled myself, believing that, and, you know, uh, there's a lot of people who have believed that for years and was fooled by it, you know, because it was a pretty popular story, popular, uh, you know, pieces of evidence and stuff that, you know, um, that Brian Sykes was involved with, David Ellis, uh, uh, Adam Davies, you know, all these different people, and, and, uh, you know, all these people you know, bought into the priming effect of what was being presented with how she was able to present it in such a way that didn't allow for a proper investigation to happen. You know, uh, it was just a long story with that. It's uh but, you know, with something like that, it was uh it was one of the best experiences that I could have had in this subject. It was it was you know, at the time it I didn't really think that because uh, you know, when you speak up about something like this you get a lot of people that don't like what you're saying. They, uh, like, I was, um, you know, I, I had a lot of bad stuff. The
1: of the truth.
3: Yeah, yeah, you know, they're, they were enablers. And even after it came out that this was all a hoax, even, you know, as little as, uh, you know, when I made a, a video last summer talking about my mistakes and, and the whole priming confirmation, you know, I was attacked again by, uh, you know, that... You know, it was such a bad thing that I came out about this information. The first podcast that I did, it was the 40 and slip. It was called the Bigfoot Tree Madness. I think it was, it was <laughs> from like a couple of years ago. It was the very first podcast I've ever done. And, uh, you know, and I thought, hey, this is a, this is cool. You know, I'm presenting something that we thought was real and it ended up not being real. And these are the facts with it. But, you know, it, it didn't go that way. Because the the host of the show, uh, you know, they didn't even really fully understand what I was presenting. They, you know, thought I was an asshole. You know, that I was a douchebag uh, for for you know speaking out against somebody that was so well liked in the Bigfoot community that to this point or to this to this day that people are still friends with her even though you know she you know she lied to everybody. And did a lot of nefarious things to protect that lie, which is one of the reasons why I spoke up. Because uh, you know, some of the stuff that she was doing to protect this lie was very devastating. To you know, you you know, could be very devastating. Like uh, you know, especially when you start having all this, all this, uh, you know, slander, libel, uh, you know, presented online. You know, and I think that that's kind of what the problem is now. Is is we don't really have the opportunity to speak up against a lot of these people because you got to deal with all these enablers that are gonna protect, you know, that uh, Bigfoot narrative and stuff.
2: Well, I think it was pretty honorable though. And
3: that's the, that's
2: the point, you know, I, the honor, uh, I, I, have, I have 10 phrases I put, I'm putting up on this next video that comes up and they're kind of guidelines for you. And one of it is what you speak is close to what is attached to your character. It's about your character. And if you, if you, when you're looking at data or you're looking at evidence, you can't say the moon is there when you know the moon is there. You can't say the earth circulates or the sun circles around the earth unless you know the evidence is there for that. Everyone else will be against you, but you stand your ground on that kind of stuff. That's why we're not moving forward.
3: Yeah, you know, and it was a, it was a it it was a long drive home too because it was a two and a half hour drive home. Yeah. And usually I'm listening to music or something, and it was just dead silence because I was trying to process everything. So it's like I really believe this was true. And within the first hour of going there with restarting my investigation, it's like I figured it out. And it was like it was like the blood draining from all your body. It's like, what do I do now? It's like it's like I didn't really It's like what do I do with this information and stuff and actually sat on it for a little bit of time and I told you know a handful of people and stuff because it's very delicate of how you come out with this type of information because uh you know just a lot of variables that go into it and and uh but it was was a really good example that I'm going to you know maybe do a a video to help better explain my experience not so much as a, a hit piece so to speak but something that better explains my experience from start to finish uh, because I think it's a very valuable lesson for people to use as an example of how it happens. It happened to me and I'm okay with admitting I was wrong and, and all that, you know, uh, I'm fine with that. It's just, you know, Hey, I was wrong. You know, at least we found out what was right and stuff. And, and, you know, so I, I think it's an interesting journey that I took through it and, you know, just the longer and longer I have to think about it, the, the more and more and, you know, talking with, with you guys, and the more and more I'm I am able to probably create a better, uh, understanding. So maybe it could be used as an example that people can really understand how the priming confirmation bias, the cognitive dissonance, and, and how this whole process works. In it,
0: very well said. I, I, I didn't know that. I, w- I would like to, uh, uh, see some of those videos, like, uh, so I'm I'm a little behind the curve here with your experience. I don't I actually don't know anything about what you just talked about. I yeah, just, well, I just kind of absorbed it as you were saying it. Yeah,
3: yeah it's it's something that uh, you got to use kid gloves, you know. And the, the further and further I am away from the you know coming out about what actually happened, the easier it is to talk about it because it's really hard to talk about it because it was it's such a polarizing thing that some people wouldn't even touch it like they wouldn't even comment on it because of the backlash that they would get and it's just it was such a popular person and still is you Mm -hmm. know and stuff so it's it's
2: but they were were wrong mm -hmm. they were wrong matt moneymaker was wrong Mm -hmm. (laughs) the point is somebody has to say it's not correct uh-huh. And then they they're making the claims, so they have to make the provide the evidence. Another
1: reason we're not getting any anywhere is that most people aren't willing to pay that price that, that Brent decided to make, that you, you have to walk away from that group of people. Yeah,
3: because I was I was I actually still hear to this day of the negativity that was talked about me behind my back, behind closed doors. Cause I was actually told that I was going to be blacklisted in the Bigfoot community because they tried to run me out of the Bigfoot community because they didn't like, they didn't like me. They didn't like I, what I had to say and all that.
1: Pre-blacklist me in that community. Yeah.
3: yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that, and that, that's, what I, that, that's what I ultimately thought. It's like, well, who cares if people blacklist me? Cause I don't even know these people, you know, I don't even know the, the people that are blacklisting me. So I'm just going to go on my merry way and, and do what I do. And, and, uh, you know, but it was a really interesting experience on how the Bigfoot community will enable these type of people to continue their shenanigans, uh, you know, just to, for whatever reasons, you know, as other people that were associated with that hoax also were benefiting in it in various ways as far as getting attention from it or, you know, just being a part of it. You know, it's a, it's a man, there's just so much to cover just in yeah. all that stuff right there. But it's funny.
2: It's a good example, too, of how when things get politicalized, truth doesn't come forth. And people will stay in that, you know, it took a long time for Galileo to prove what he was proving, that he knew. And it's like, I mean, at one point, it's not, if we're going to be citizen researchers, it doesn't matter what people think. It's about what the facts show. And the facts show this. I'm sorry, I didn't make up the facts. The facts are what they are. Well, here's
3: Here's the interesting thing, though. Uh, So we have the facts on it and she hasn't actually responded to any of this. Right. Uh, And that's the thing is she's just kind of laying low. And, you know, I'm starting to hear with people coming at me uh, is that there's going to be a resurgence of this. She was uh, apparently at a conference last year up at that three, you know, because people are still exploiting it. You know there was a conference oh. up there at that tree and and you know it's just a poor tree too it's just no uh, the good
2: thing no the good thing though is we know the facts so what is going to happen yeah. she's going to be embarrassed a second time she's going to be embarrassed a third time she's going to be embarrassed a fourth time and she's just her character is going to be slaughtered for her own fault
3: it's well, not a, it's not
1: well, if her if she gets enough picks, she's going to be happy with what she has
3: yeah yeah you know and, and making these brief appearances and and uh you know and she's still, you know, protecting that Bigfoot narrative. So it's not like, oh, hey, you know, thanks for solving that type of stuff. Uh, she's still continually protecting that Bigfoot neg- narrative by negatively talking about me, and like making up lies about me, And, and um, which, you know, it's just something that people should be aware of uh, on, you know, you should really mm. uh, be wise who you investigate the whole Bigfoot phenomenon with, because there's people mm. that will that will take you, drag you down. And and that's, you know, why I, I love collaborating with the people that I, I collaborate and I have no problem, you know, not collaborating with somebody. If I, if they have certain, um, certain things about them that I feel is detrimental to the actual investigation that we're all trying to do. And that's usually an ego issue of, of, you know, uh, just people not able to work in groups, uh, that, uh, you know, which is a, huge that's, a
2: past, that's a little past evil. That's, that's not, that's got nothing to do with ego. That has to do, that has to do with deception.
3: Yeah. That's a total, mm-hmm. that's a total. And, and this person, and this person's really deceitful, you know, as far as how they go about things. And it's like, mm-hmm. man, it just, and I tried to talk to him about it and it got turned around that I was the bad guy for bringing this up in a, in a very professional, positive way of like, Hey, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, because you know, I'm not the only one who who got this sense from this person. It's like, yeah, a lot of people are feeling this, you know, and, uh, you know, so some people just won't change uh, with how they think. do things. There's nothing you yeah. do about it. And, mean, that, and, to- and that's why you just walk away from them and be like, okay, well, you know, this isn't going to work out. And, you know, you kind of part ways. And he blocked me and unfriended me and all that fun stuff. So, no, I mean,
2: oh, no. oh my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It's, it's, it's like it's, I had to cool. be a white guy looking for Sasquatch about structure. Yeah. You know I, I i remember talking to jennifer from uh, from, uh where was it from uh, colorado i i said i'm just about to post this the walls are going to destroy me on this one because the whole thing was none of it was sasquatch 99 mm-hmm. percent uh, of structures on tree online about tree structures have nothing to do with sasquatch how do you know that leon teach yourself go online you can easily find this information out educate yourself don't put it on as a criticism. I'm looking yeah. for information to tell me this stuff. Thomas, uh, Thomas Steenberg, uh, having to go to sh- the Shahalas cries, finds out exactly what he finds out. He doesn't want to find it out. I mean, he finds it out, but now he doesn't want to share it because he knows it's contrary. The people he respected came after him. Everyone came after him, but he Hell stayed yeah. solid to the facts. Don't deviate from the facts. That's what you did. I wouldn't waste one iota about anybody oh. that's like that,
3: right? So it's yeah, right. Yeah. It, it was a great it was a great experience for me. I, I was able to, you know, learn a lot from it. I considered it a teachable moment. And, uh, you know, it, it made me better at what I do today. And, and so it's it's something that I hope to maybe articulate better and explain better so other people can use it as a learning experience of not to mm-hmm. fall down the same type of traps that you will easily fall down or fall into within this particular big phenomenon you know because that's where i'm all about is, is giving people the better examples of the of good resources that they can have to better so their own idea. investigation
1: well you you were teachable brent yes uh, there, there are a lot of people out there in, in in the in the the zen master uh vernacular are the full glass there, there's no room for anything more they they know everything that they want to know and that's it mm-hmm. Uh, and, and a more comic book reality, I've mentioned this to Leon, they are like Superman, and facts are like bullets. They just bounce right off. Mm-hmm.
3: They're, they're impervious brilliant.
1: to information.
3: Yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, and, and that's why I talk about, uh, you know, uh, to recognize those people and maybe not include them in with your investigation and, and, and not have them drag your investigation down, because people like that will And if we're going to maximize our potential when we're out in the field doing these type of investigations, we need it to be running at like a hundred percent and how the information is gathered, how it's vetted, You know, uh, Steve, we were talking about, you know, with the whole audio thing that we want to do and, and, you know, really hammering out real procedures on, on getting all this done on how to actually do it. And, you know, I, I, I think the more examples we give people, maybe we'll have a better result of, uh, people producing better, better evidence, and maybe we'll get to a point of, you know, getting the evidence that we need.
1: Yeah, well, we, we have to get out there and and try the experiments and, and see how well they work and, and mm-hmm. actually work them out, you know, for, for audio triangulation, <laughs> you know, not not just waiting to detect something, but going out there and making some sounds and making sure yeah. that we can locate ourselves when we're mm-hmm. trying to do it. Um. Patrick was saying something uh, in relation to what Leon brought up, and it, it's not so much a matter of getting the permission of academics that we're talking about. It it's it, it's not a matter of permission or them being a gateway. It's a matter of what is the level of evidence, and yeah, what wrong. I have what mm-hmm. I have presented to a number of people in in within this group, and I'll be talking about this. Uh, probably a bit tomorrow night on Daniela's show, is that we, uh, we tend to think about, you know, we could prove Sasquatch exists in a court of law, but the standards in a court of law are really very low compared to the standards of, of science and academia. Uh, it, there's a lot of evidence out there. There's enough evidence to commit Meldrum to a lot more looking and that's really significant and there are a lot of people even within his immediate peer group right at idaho state that you know just laugh it off and walk away from it yeah but he's he's there and his veracity on this has certainly some of his peers actually thinking okay what is your real evidence but why isn't there more evidence what other evidence can there be
0: um, yeah that's I, what we're
1: working on trying to figure out
0: uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm
1: working on trying to figure out
0: it you know it always comes down to doesn't it like with the evidence like science and skeptical people they want a specimen.
1: Yeah, I I used the right. S word, didn't I?
0: Yeah. yeah, and and we we're over here going. Uh, you can't really kill one. <laughs> like that's a, that's a very dangerous, expensive proposition. Uh, so harvesting a specimen that's not going to work for us because uh, I don't want to die.
1: Well, I, I've said this you know? many times. the 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 time of actually needing a a um, I can't even think of the term now, but the, the, the time of needing a body on a slab is gone. Because even if you have a body on the slab, you need the DNA to show where it fits into the phylogenetic tree. If you have the DNA without the body, you know something was there. You just don't know it's there right now. And it's the what's there right now that we're also trying to work on
0: yeah so it's it's this uh it's just in between you know uh linear thinking of well we can't do anything without a specimen but there are these increments in between where yeah we can it's just that nobody's doing it you know so environmental dna uh thermal drone you know uh observations things like that that i've talked about uh some of the things that you're in you're talking about steve um there are other ways to bring better evidence to the table that, that can be proved to not be hoaxed. There's a chain of evidence there that there's no manipulation. So what you're seeing or whatever is there, there's better ways to do it. Uh, we don't have to kill one, I don't think. Like, uh, and we can't. We, you can't just go walk around in the woods and go, all right, go kill me a sasquatch today, damn it. Bam.
1: Sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, I also look at it as uh, so something I did in my introductory video, uh, which was only about a year ago, I think now was uh, it's kind of like an honest politician. If, if you had one, I don't think the best thing to do is to go out and kill it to prove it was there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I, and I agree with you. Like, I mean, we are, um, Pretty sure we're, we're, we're you know, we're, I personally will never advocate that anybody try and go out in the woods and kill a Sasquatch. Only, if anything, only because you're going to get yourself killed, bud. You're, you're, are they're going to kill somebody else,
3: uh, a human being. Yeah, that I, think yeah I mean, yeah, you're,
0: you're outclassed. And as Brent pretty much just said, you, you just started a war against innocent people.
3: That's um, why I always I always back in whenever I go to a place, I always back in to wherever I go. So if I have to leave in a hurry, it'll be like, right. I don't have to worry about doing yeah, 4 yeah. to get out. Just wait, Bigfoot, don't attack me yet. I got to do this 4 <laughs> <point>. <laughs> yeah. I
1: And do you have the chainsaw handy in case a tree magically falls across the road?
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know uh, what I would do. I'm just going to have to GTA it and just, like, hit it. You know. <laughs> <So> you need <laughs> hey,
2: yeah. those, <laughs> those those new vehicles that they have where they have three hundred and sixty camera all the way around their beat and that's what you use as your bait. Get them to chase you. Yeah. Oh, I got them on camera, three hundred and sixty oh. degrees. <laughs> so, exactly. They'll will okay.
0: back off. Because yeah. I always tell people this, you know, you know what's better than pulling a pistol out on a Sasquatch? Your phone, your iPhone. <laughs> like they'll they'll just like they'll run away. It, you know. Uh, it's a joke, kind of. Uh, I hope so.
1: Yeah. so. So, to to Nikki's question, uh, on my part, uh, mm-hmm. frankly, a, a lot like uh, Leon, I think I was pretty close to just walking away from you know the online community. Uh, my, my channel has only ever been about you know trying to raise a little education and also uh, reporting field information. Uh, for the the group whose research areas i i might be sharing and other people's channels that i look at well uh to to start the the people who are here i've i've started to uh trust uh hidden existence a bit as a filter if 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 the algorithm shows me something, the algorithm is showing me generally people who are out for lots of clicks. That doesn't help me. If Daniela is having someone on her channel, if Pat is having someone on his channel, they've done some filtering for me. And I can look at that channel and see if I want to see what they do more.
2: Yeah. And it's similar to my my channel. I mean, I've been online for five years and I have a little over a thousand subscribers, which just happened, I think, two months ago because I've been flying under the radar because I'm researching, I'm researching everything, every angle of this topic, including the community, including people that come into the community, including the way the data is collected um and that's you know like when when i talk about the systemic problem in the video coming up in the bigfoot online scene is no one vets the information i'm pretty sure a thousand people are going to message me maybe not but say well duh they have no idea the level i go deeper in in regards to what i'm talking about because it's it's a systemic problem right through the whole thing it's just not that they don't vet the information why don't they actually want to vet the information What is stopping them from vetting the information? What is stopping somebody from wanting to know what you're actually looking at? I mean, really, do you wanna look at, you wanna find out what we're looking for and what we're looking at and and understand why it is, what it's supposed to be, or don't you? Because if a person's not interested in that, it's again, I deal a lot with, you know, cults and uh, belief systems. There's a lot of Christian cults that are out there. Christian belief systems that those people will totally come after me with the same strategy that I see online in regards to Bigfoot or other cryptid schools that are out there or other crypt or not cryptid but uh, paranormal schools are out there or UFO schools that are online. Uh, They're not really schools, of course, but they're 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 platforms of ideology that people have got into, like Steve, you described earlier, very eloquently, that uh, gives them endorphin shots in their brain and makes them feel positive about what they're believing, because it's reinforcing a belief system they probably already have in their system. And uh, that's not being objective in regards to trying to find out anything in one's person's life. You can't use that technique. Most people do. Um, The brain's terrible for not wanting to know the truth, even when the truth is standing right in front of your face. Many civilizations used up their local resources, and they waited to the very end, which was too late for the civilization, and they all collapsed. So um, uh, it's part of the brain's flaw in its programming system. Uh, we, we can find out a lot of things ahead of time, but a lot of head warning sometimes doesn't do us any good whatsoever. Uh, regarding changing and doing the right choices for our own personal lives. So what's that all about? Well, it's something to keep in mind when you're dealing with any kind of factual data collecting. If your brain doesn't want to know the truth, we have to teach the brain that is what we want to know is the truth, the facts about why this is what it is. Hmm. Uh, It makes you unstable if you don't uh, help your programming system change its worldview, because most of us are just on autopilot right now from our world view and then it just regurgitates the world view without updating your world view so all right so
0: basically you're saying that uh, most people are irrational i think
2: well, the brain is irrational sometimes. That's yeah. the point. It's not that people are choosing any of this. This is the important well, part. You're not brain. your brain. There's a good book out there. It's called "You're Not Your Brain." Check it out. Okay, <laughs> uh, it's a great book to read because it mm-hmm. helps you understand that you were really outgunned when you, in our 5.5 pounds of jelly in our skull, thinking that you know we're in control of our lives. No, your brain's got two, three other, uh, three brains in it. Two of those brains have been around before your third brain showed up. <laughs> And it was operating under primal uh, programming systems way before your conscience availability was there. And those
1: other two brains are a lot faster.
2: Yes, and they're not connected to each other, so it causes a lot of dynamics that people should be just curious about. I mean, illusionists use it all the time against their audiences, and we love it, right? So there's nothing to be afraid of. Uh, it's just really unique stuff to start understanding and also pull that into your own personal well, life. Any you're doing? Well,
0: that that's interesting. I I would almost say, uh, like that. That's why people. I think you just explain why people are irrational. Uh, yeah, it's like, not that
2: people don't want to be irrational.
0: The problem is they're outgunned. They not. don't know. Yeah. They don't know they're being irrational. They – they uh, so, okay, I, uh, I'll i say it this way. They think that they're being rational when, in fact, they're not. Uh, it, 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 and that's – you kind of actually almost proved my point by saying what you said about the brain. That That's kind of funny.
1: Well, the way I put it in one of my videos, you're the owner operator of this meat bag that you're driving,
2: but the brain is in charge.
1: The brain is in charge. Yeah,
2: Yeah, and you have to realize that you're supposed to be the captain of the ship, even though the ship's a meat bag. (laughs) And you have a helm, that's the brain, and the helm will go wherever it wants if you're not the captain of it to control the direction it's supposed to be headed in correctly it'll be it as there's too many forces in life and life is complicated it's not not complicated and right. uh, if you're not if you're not aware of that which i ha- hadn't been i mean that's why i do what i do today is i i thought most of my life i thought i was pretty much together and had it all together the more i really reflected on my life and understood how the body actually works and their thinking actually works i realized Talk to any psychologist about this. Yeah, you're not in charge of your life as much as you think you are. And that's a fair Mm -hmm. thing to understand that because it cuts you some slack and makes you move towards much more grace, much more patience, much more gentleness in regards to your position, which allows you to do what Brent has done or I have done or Thomas has done. Admit I was 100% wrong. And I was. Mm -hmm. But the nice thing is I also explained. Brent also explained. uh, Thomas also explains why we were wrong. Because that's the important part, which makes us now in a right position. We're upright now. We're still we're standing in our character. And our character is solid. Because we want to
1: folks may not be used to this, but as a as an engineer and a software developer, a client brings me on and they spend, you know. $20,000, $40,000, $50,000 20000 dollars on a contract for uh, three to six months to have me develop a solution for them. But the really good ones then spend another hundred thousand dollars with their own staff picking it apart and finding all the places that it's going to break. And we come up with a better solution because we're all, we're analyzing up front where things are going to break. Most of my income for the last. 25 years has been has come from people who knew exactly what they were doing and it was going to work and it was all easy to do and great and then they put it together and it didn't work and they couldn't figure out why and then they needed to hire someone like me to come in and figure out why it didn't work and then a lot of the time i had to get them past their understanding of, of the system by creating for them experiments to run in their lab to prove why what they wanted to do isn't really gonna work the way they wanted it mm-hmm. to. Right.
2: Yeah, so, and I'll, um, add, I'll add on to that, it's like philosophy. When I was in, taking my philosophy courses and stuff like that, you come up with your philosophical, philosophical uh, positioning and the professor's job is to return your paper with a whole bunch of red felt on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, uh, But philosophy isn't a way to use scientific, uh, I'll just have to throw this in here too, it isn't necessarily the same as the scientific method. And what bothers me, again, just because we're talking about belief systems, uh, when you watch a lot of uh, online debates on creation versus evolution, i don't think they're even a, it's not even a fair way of looking at it because one 's coming from a scientific method and the other one's coming from a theological philosophical method, meaning one is providing a narrative that sounds very nice and has very deep concepts and ideas to it that's a theological philosophical debate they always defend, but if you listen to it, they're not doing the scientific method, which is out of everything you just said, why is there a God? What is the what is the evidence showing that there's a God? And the bottom line is, it's a it's a it's a belief system that they put a uh, theological, philosophical uh, narrative to. But there's no scientific evidence where you can say, well, this is why there's a God. Now I have I could have a whole bunch of people just all of a sudden bombard me and all that. I have degrees in theology, so I know what I'm talking about here. Okay, I'm not i'm not saying anything negative about that but again even in the christian community um there is a very shallow resolutional capacity for them because they're too challenged if you started saying certain questions like Who wrote matthew mark and luke and john the average evangelical would say well matthew mark and luke and john wrote those bibles those books of the bible okay uh, what language did the disciples speak and jesus speak arabic uh, yeah, exactly <laughs> so Matthew mark, right. mark- was under, uh, in Cornelia Greek, which is a very high mm-hmm. end, uh highly academic and uh, higher on uh, Enchalance oh, That's not the right word I'm looking for, you know highly uh, rich family kind of a language There's no way a fisherman did that who wrote the book of Peter. Well Peter did well Peter was illiterate according to the Bible. So what do you gonna do with that one? So these are threatening to Christians if I have Christian debates with Christians but the answers are out there but the problem is they're they're, they're already caught in a, that i i'm one of the other right i'm one of the other <laughs> and i'm criticizing they taking it as a criticism but i'm trying to get them to have the capacity to have deep thinking available to them but their belief system and their cognitive biasness is already going to write me off because they're going to think that i'm against them or an atheist or I don't believe in god or all i can i didn't say any of those things i'm just asking saying straight data to them and uh, hoping that they're going to actually go look at the data uh, which Christian belief system as a faith you're going to follow? There's over 30,000 different denominations out there. So which one has the right one? Uh, yours? There's confirmation bias for you. Well, uh, <laughs> so you
0: know, uh, that's interesting, Leon. And, um, you know, I'd uh, be happy to help you. Uh, if you want to have a, a debate about that on uh in modern day debate, I'd lo- I'd love to see. Well, that's why I get, that. yeah,
2: that's why I get frustrated yeah. listening to some of the debate people on there. i just thinking, <laughs> you're, you've got you're just using theological rhetoric and philosophical uh, mumbo well, jumbo. Yeah. You're not getting to the, the actual facts of what it's actually saying. I mean, it's not. It's I'm, I get it. it's intimidating and scary to people when you're 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 <clears throat> you're plucking the belief system that they've held true and their family has held true for a life. Sure. And, and it's like Sasquatch topic can be a belief system that becomes very family, community mm-hmm. orientated. So uh, we mm-hmm. have our friends, our pockets, our denominations that are in this, in this community. That's true. And, and if you go into that community and you start plucking the wrong way, the chickens start clucking. <laughs> <laughs> the chickens start yeah. at you, and the chickens start coming at you, and they start crapping all over you, and they start doing all this kind of stuff. There's nothing I can do about that. I'm just interested in the data. The data is neutral. It's got nothing to do with Leon's perspective and what Leon believes. Right. Uh, I'll, well, I'll
1: I'm going to be willing to bet that most people are here are probably nerdy enough to have seen something like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> so I'm just going to say, please pass the ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: hmm. oh my yeah so i mean that's the thing that i like to keep evolving what what we've been trying to do online for the last year and a half or so which is coming it's definitely starting to shape and i think it was Nikki. you asked the question you know which channels do you watch i don't know if it's just the channels that, uh, as much as it's finding the right people Nikki. it's tough i found like five years, it's taken me to find the right people. And I've been looking for the right people and the right people have a certain Mm -hmm. way of being able to be fair about what they're Mm -hmm. thinking and when they're wrong. uh, Not trying to say with certainty, certainly declarations. Um, I come across in certain ideas ideas when I'm speaking that I get attacked with all the time because people think I'm 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 a know-it-all. At 57 years old, what do I know? I know nothing. That's what I know. (laughs) And I know certain things that are a little more truer than other things are. I'll say that. That's pretty safe for me to say. Uh, But there's definitely something where there's evidence where if I showed anybody here on the panel, they'd all come up with the same conclusion. Uh, So if I'm pretty sure if I went down and this lady for the tuning fork tree or Sasquatch tree or whatever term it's going to be called now starts coming up and saying stuff i'll probably saunter my way down there and then i'll probably come up with another video just like brent did and then steve will probably go down there after she keeps doing it for the third time and she's just going to keep uh, you know and, and it's not what we're going down there to be uh, jerks or proving hoaxing it's where we're going down there to check claims um i spent yeah, months going about out. Yeah, going around North America a couple of years ago and meeting up with all these researchers and stuff like that to find out what their claims were because I want to find a Sasquatch again. So. Uh, I have a right to want to find a Sasquatch I think most people do if they're real if there's skeptics that are watching they're right they have a 100% right I don't I have no problems with the skeptic that doesn't buy it why would they buy it I, I mean especially coming online there's we have a thou- they have a thousand videos to point to and laugh at us with and they yeah. have maybe uh 10 or 15 channels now we're at right now that that yeah. they would probably go hmm that's interesting and we have
0: we have this video right here to not laugh at. That's right. for sure. Uh, like the, the, everything's articulate, uh, well spoken, and intelligent here. Critical thinking. You know, we're we're not kooks. You know, just because I believe in the flying spaghetti monster doesn't make me a kook, right? I mean, I saw one. I saw one though. I saw it. It was like it made me hungry. I'm it's like, I want to eat. <laughs> but uh I don't know, let's uh let's kind of wind it down a little sure. bit. Uh we're yeah, we're going on an hour and a half here. Um yep. uh I, I'm just going to go around the board and say um I mean, what, what you know, uh to any skeptic, skeptic listening right now, like what do you think Sasquatch is? um what what do you what do you think is a good starting point for the the explanation of the phenomenon and and how much do you real- like realize or and or i would say how much do you and or realize the phenomenon is a hundred percent legit
1: there are absolutely things happening in the woods that people don't understand and are creating a confluence in their mind and and calling it Bigfoot. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I didn't think there was a good chance that there is actually a large hairy hominid out there. But that's not the explanation for everything I hear about. And I'm interested in understanding everything I run into. So if I run into an orb out there, I'm going to look into that. If I run into some smoky, misty thing, Thing that looks like a Bigfoot that's a shadow in the forest that I can see through. I'm going to try to understand what that is.
4: Yep. All
2: right, Leon? Um, I'll use Thomas Steinberg as an example on this one. Uh, there's definitely something walking in the forest. I believe I've seen whatever this thing is that's walking through the forest. I don't know what it is. Other, other than the same way I've seen lions and uh, dolphins, and I know that they're there, but I don't know, I'm not a biologist, <laughs> so I have no idea what those things are as far as technical. I just know there's something that's definitely there. I will put 10% on what I saw as a, as a fair cautionary note that maybe somehow, some way, even though I do have advantages in most people that know what I'm looking at when I see things, uh, that I could have misinterpreted that information. Facts are tracks. Facts with dermal ridges are facts. Facts mm-hmm. with specific style of nail prints in them are facts. Those, there are certain things that are very hard to well, fake. Well, well, let me ask you
3: about the the dermal ridges, though, because uh, you know I've heard from various people that when you can make, you know plaster cast a certain way and as it dries it'll create these dermal ridge effects on it too so uh, oh, really
4: yes uh, they're called press pressure
2: ridges that's right but there's a difference when you know the difference between what they're supposed to look like compared to pressure ridges yeah. and you have to train yourself this is the detail you're having to look at you can't just go in there and say these look at these are der- and these that are that, re- that requires uh,
0: experts does it not? I mean, well, it.
2: Well, yeah, you could do. I mean, you got Jeff Meldrum there. I mean, you got a good, decent track, and it's got stuff in there. He'll be able to notify you that. I mean, I have a print that I show people periodically where it's got a, it's a really large print, and in it you can actually see the pores within inside of the, uh, the pad, and then you mm-hmm. can also see another smaller footprint that goes across, which looks like a uh, probably a toddler or less a smaller toddler print there, and they're they're pretty crystal clear pictures, so. Um yeah the key part again is I can't give I could say things when I come across stuff and tell people what it is but I have to also help them see why it is what I'm saying that it is and just like you said Brent if that's that's a good one to do a video on what is the difference between what a, yeah. the fingerprint so-called scenario is compared to when you're casting? I use a very st- a specific type of casting material. I don't use I don't go to the hardware store and get that type of uh, plaster, which is the tendency of doing that. Mine is actually designed to pick up dermal ridges. And any scarring or any marks or any cuts or any uh, scarring that's on any kind of surface of, of skin or a pad... So um, mine's a little more tech, high techer than that would be, I guess, but uh, so yeah, you, that but that's uh, what you want to be mindful of as well is when you're looking at stuff like that. When someone says, well, look, these are dermal ridges, you f-, that's a great one to answer for people at home. Well, no, here, this is how you'll be able to tell the difference between dermal ridges and when uh, you're using a certain style of plaster that when it does the compression part and it looks like dermal ridging. You know, dermal ridging, yeah, it's pretty hard to fake dermal ridging when you really understand how they are because people could fake that if that's the case and I wanted to do a crime, I'm pretty sure I could do dermo ridge techniques for fake fingerprints. You know? yeah, fake fingerprints, right yeah, you know or footprints or whatever I wanted to do. And, and then, again, it's part of that it's I mean, think of the level of if we could upper game and all of that stuff. Um, how much it would move us forward. Saying that, it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier, Pat. If tomorrow morning on the TransCanada Highway or a highway somewhere in the States, a truck hit a Sasquatch and killed it deader than a stick, and the scientists went there, you better believe that everybody that's online that believes in Sasquatch are going to go out there 100 times with more vigor than they have at this present time. Not to mention everyone who never believed in Sasquatch are going to go get out there with a lot more vigor. What we need on this side before we have a dead Sasquatch is that that vigorness, that uh, vigorness, that that capacity to go after it nonstop, full bore. Know what you're talking about. Talk to people who know what you don't know. Ask them all the great questions. uh, Get educated.
1: That's if you want. If you want to do good print casting. You know, look to uh, some of the 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 old Boy Scout instructions for how to cast a print. If you want to up your game from that, get instructions from forensic supply sites that tell you how to do boot casts yes. and print casts and tire casts mm. that are that are of legal evidence quality.
3: Mm. Yeah. See, and that's that's the kind of resources we need to to get out there more and and uh, uh, you know for. For this, you know, like, a, you know, how you use a different type of casting material, you know, that's far more superior because it's able to pick up far more detail. And, and you know, comparing that to how a the pressure uh, marks on it, you know, getting all these resources out to, to you know, to the people is, is, it's valuable, oh, yeah. something that, you know, should probably work on in the future.
2: Yeah, and that's the question. Yeah. Levels we we should keep doing what we did tonight. I don't want to stay online because I got to get going here pretty quick. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what we're talking about. Is and uh, the, it's great to watch the chat and how they're you know, really engaging with the level of what we're trying to do here. So it's not that the appetite's not there. It's just that it hasn't been heard forever. <laughs> so I agree. I, so I agree. And what's your thoughts? Uh, what, uh, sorry, uh, what, uh what's your name again, Brent? Oh that's right. Yeah, Brent
3: yeah. What's your thought on the original question there or the last question? Uh, what was the last question?
0: you kind of you you kind of addressed it. I I said I basically was like, well, you know, what's what's uh what's the next step? Um and or you know, like what would you say to any s- skeptic, you know?
3: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I I wouldn't, you know, to say to a skeptic, like, I, you know, we're all kind of skeptical, but, you know, I think a lot of people are intrigued in the whole Bigfoot phenomenon. And I think that if we give them a better representation of, you know, a, a more serious look on it, you know, I think that even more people will be interested in it, be it a skeptic, non-believer, you know, whatever it might be, and... and uh you know, going forward, that's uh, you know, you know, just kind of keep doing with what we're doing. And and for me personally, I want to try and highlight more people that I think that I uh, are are good Bigfoot investigators, people who I think are doing it the right way, that have something to bring to the table, and and you know, just the war that we can learn from each other, and you know, put our egos aside and just uh, just work together, better to flesh out a good procedure of, and just a good way to go about it, you know, with, you know, bringing these people together, you know, almost vetting them out in a way. And, uh, you know, so yeah, going forward, that's uh, that's pretty much what I'm doing and, uh, or what we're going to focus on. And, uh, you know, hopefully the skeptics will see that, uh, you know, the non-believers, the people who think it's a joke, the subject to joke, they'll, they'll, you know, maybe have a second thought about it. Maybe they'll start taking it more serious, you know, and, and start giving it more respect than what it already has. Because I think what the Bigfoot phenomenon is only like a 12% belief in the United States. I think it was. And 18. You know, so, yeah. So, so a lot of people don't believe in it, but I think a lot of people are fascinated by the the mystery of the Bigfoot phenomenon. That's why no. I, I I'm still coming back. You know, I I've had a lot of different experiences. I might've seen, Bigfoot on a couple different occasions, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's 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 an it's such an awesome phenomenon. I just love to be a part of it, of you know, getting out there and trying to find out what's going on. That's my favorite thing is is being out in the woods, being in that danger zone, so to speak, of just you know finding out, trying to collect whatever's out there, whatever's presented to me, and and try to you know record it in a way that. Uh, that is going to be beneficial of uh, when it's later reviewed of how it's going to uh, you know it'll, it'll be a better product so to speak and I'm learning a lot from Steve actually of uh, you know you know of us talking privately of, of better ways and a better understanding of audio collection and there's some stuff that we want to do of uh, and how best to go about it and maybe that will be a good example for other people to kind of to learn off of and stuff like that and. Um, so I guess that's all I got to say about that.
2: I want to point out too, Raptor was asking about 3D, uh, using 3D printing right. footprints. And I was just going to say, watch uh, Steve on Daniela's Hidden Existence tomorrow because I'll probably ask him that question because we were talking about that the other day. So Over to you, Daniel. Yeah,
0: well, Daniel. So what do you think, Barb?
4: Well, you know, I was just thinking as far as skeptics go, you, you really have couple different classes of skeptics. You got your skeptic when when they're presented with the thought of idea uh, you know or the idea of Sasquatch, you know, which could be your average Joe, you know. Um then you have your skeptic that has an interest or passion in wanting to know the truth. Um you know, I've encountered both. I've encountered, you know, you know, talking to various people, total strangers, you know, You'd be surprised. You have not total non-believers. You have some that, well, I believe there could be something out there, but then they're not so sure. Well, you know, I've had many di- different discussions, but you know, mainly presenting to somebody that's willing to want to know the truth, you know, and you know, maybe go search. I mean, I guess you know we're all skeptics to a certain extent. I don't know. Is it safe to say that I'm a knower, but also a skeptic? I'm probably my biggest skeptic when it comes to what's presented out in the, you know, field, Mm. you know, because I question everything. I do question everything, and I I encourage others to question their own and stop being so...
3: It's definitely hard to stay grounded in this subject, you know, not being taken away by what's... If you go out with certain people or something, it's really hard and and something else that people should focus on is to to focus on staying grounded because it's so important, like you were talking Uh, about, Daniel.
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the, the one... I'll say it again. I've said, you know, I've said it in my presentations. I've said it on a few podcasts, well, you know, especially when I'm asked from new people wanting to get involved with going to look for Bigfoot. i said, well, when you go out there, forget about Bigfoot. Don't think about Bigfoot. Cause you know, I, and I know I share the same feelings. I know what other people are experiencing. That's why I try to tell them don't do this because when I go out in the woods, the thought of Bigfoot is on your brain. Cause that's what you're in hopes of finding evidence for, you know? So when you go out there, you know, you kind of forget about Bigfoot because what you see, what you want to contribute or associate to Bigfoot, you know, giving him credit, you know, that's where we're in error. We're giving, you know, know, I'll say we as a whole, because we are giving Bigfoot too much credit, you know, Um, you know, but as far as skeptics in general, I mean continue being a skeptic, but if you have a passion to wanting to know something, let that be your guide, you know, let your skepticism be your guide, you know. But be careful, be careful, you know, objecting too much. I mean, you gotta keep things in the back, on the back burner, you know, for further observations down the road. It's one thing I try to do, you know. It's like, well, I don't know if that's a big foot, because you know, again, we didn't see you know that's the biggest thing. Without observation, we can't claim anything as a fact. You know, um, but you know, I really don't know really how to address this question too well. But so just uh just continue out there searching and but be aware of your your you know your known sources. You know before Bigfoot. You know because uh, you know one thing I ask question uh, I quote a lot. How could you? How could you seek the, uh, you know, how, you know, if you don't know what is known, how could you seek the unknown, you know, especially in knowing the difference, you know, making determinations and c- conclusions. But so that, but that's pretty much all I really have to say. So. All right. Well, well, well from, the facts reason, from
2: the facts.
0: Yeah, well.
1: Yeah. I think another reason to be cautious uh, and to tell people to be cautious is, you know, a lot of people look at the channels and they see these things and, Oh, there's, there's stick structures go out and look for stick structures. If you're going out to where these creatures might be, if they really are there, understand you might actually really run across one. And there are plenty of stories of people who have done that and not really wanted to, and, and can't undo that experience
4: right plenty
0: um and uh not just stories i mean plenty of accounts uh this
1: yeah that's a better word
0: yeah yeah i mean this happens um man thanks so much for being here guys i really appreciate it i'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up now because we're uh we're pushing two hours and uh interesting discussion tonight um we we didn't even we didn't even get to do the part two from our last discussion. So <laughs> so I, I I'm just learning that, you know, whatever whatever direction things go in, that's the direction they go. So uh that's fine. We'll get back to that. Maybe we'll do uh do that part two next week or something, or or we'll just forget about it. Like, you know, all those people are full of crap.
3: There you go, chat. Um pretty much, just, yeah.
0: God,
1: just walk
3: it up. away from it just walk yeah. away yeah. Yeah. yeah well you know it's yeah it's just people again you know uh we got to give them better tools to so when they do come across these investigators or these this evidence or these videos or whatever they have a better capacity to understand what they're looking at versus falling in that rabbit hole exactly well said um and uh yeah, if you okay. want to
2: make sure you learn how to understand most tracks from Sasquatch, uh, <laughs> we'll be out by tomorrow after tomorrow yes. mm-hmm. and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll be um,
0: I'll be I'll be re- reposting that on the uh, Squatch Talk page, or you can post it there, whatever. Like uh, your prerogative. Um,
3: It's a good video that should be shared around, you know, that's, it's one of those, I I haven't seen it yet, but I I have a good understanding of what it is. And, you know, it's one of those videos that, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's an important video that I think, you know, everybody, if everybody in the chat shares it around in different groups, you know, it'll, uh, it'll help, you know, back up the narrative or or what we're trying to do here and stuff and, and the methodology behind it by an example that he, he was able to, show and how he went about it and stuff so i'm pretty excited about it
0: it is it it is a great example and you know spoil spoilers um it's a great example of how you know people who swim deep in the waters of the bigfoot world um debunk crap in the bigfoot world you know i mean we we get it man it's here it's like yeah we, you know, we have to, we have to, you know, navigate these waters properly. Um, the reason that we're here is because we understand this phenomenon is a hundred percent real. And yes, there are some obstacles in the, in the Bigfoot world. And and there's all kinds of psychological reasons for that. Leon brought up a, a lot of good points on, on, on why that is. And we could even go deeper into that. Um, but the point is, is that, you know, you see here tonight, you see these fine gentlemen, uh, these intelligent people, maybe not so much me, like I, I get that, I'm just a host, but um, these fine gentlemen, they're very intelligent, uh, they're very articulate, uh, they're not kooks, not crazy, they're not talking about freaking aliens or anything. Um, I don't know. Brent was talking about a tree, but he figured he figured that out. That's cool. Good Get on you.
3: Okay. It's just a natural phenomenon that a lot of people thought was one thing being a Bigfoot, and it ended up being something else. So it's, exactly. a, it's a great example of how we can exactly. be wrong. And and we are and wrong. Okay Guess, be, yeah, and it's okay, it's okay, to, okay be wrong. to be
0: wrong. Guess what? Yeah, yeah we don't don't, we're, we're, human. we're, we're, human.
3: we're yeah, human. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or, you yeah. know, I, I, would re- I would really like to have some of the other people that were associated with this tree, you know, come out and be like, yeah, Hey, we were wrong about this. And, you know, it does happen. Not that it will ever happen, but
4: yeah. Denial. I'm not, f- I'm not familiar with the tree video. Uh, the one you're talking about, but I had uh, I came earlier, probably about an hour or so early before coming on here. It was in some Bigfoot group. Some lady posted a picture of a tree going across a stream and it was literally broken just like that in the middle going over the stream. And her caption was, what was so big that uh, broke that going across it? And, you know, I've seen seen this stuff all the time in the woods. I'm sure you guys do too. This tree tree is
3: very unique. It is hands down the most unique tree that uh, a a lot of anybody has ever experienced. And I want to get, uh, you know, I I kind of shied away from it just because it's – you know, I, I tried to go find Bigfoot versus trying to deal with that, you know, but, uh, you know, I want to document it a lot more of the, the whole process and how unique it actually is of of how somebody could have fell for it when you have, you know, thumping underneath your feet, you know, and, and you're being told it's one thing and, and ha- hearing all these sounds coming from underneath the ground. It's like, wow, it's, uh, it's really easy to fall for the priming, fall for the narrative and and you know it's just a mm. great example of how it how it can happen
0: mm. well i look forward to that i hope you put that together because i i think that's an important um uh, a thing for you know anybody in the bigfoot world to put forward in in a debunking way you know just yeah, like well, in, yeah. in a
3: professional way that's not uh, attacking mm. the individual who perpetuated it and you know, did a lot to protect it, you know, but it's more of how we all fell for it. And, yeah. you know, the process of, of how we fell for it, because I think, uh, you know, like we talked about before, a lot of people are going to get a lot of insight that uh, might have them restart their own investigation. Next thing you know, you know, the the 15 channels that we're talking about are now 40 channels. And and there's, a, there, there's better evidence being produced, there's better narratives that people are able to to build on and, and stuff like my goal is just to bring more people in mm-hmm. with what we're kind of doing this this year and I and I, I you know there, I know a lot of good people that uh, that you know I think are will be beneficial that have a lot to to offer.
4: I agree. Yeah. Hey. So,
3: so uh, Brent,
1: you might want to link your uh, your debunking the the tree video uh, oh, on this one on YouTube.
3: Yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm going to come out with a. Because uh, like the previous videos, I I was just kind of like, it was more like, hey, I didn't really fully explain it. I was just more presenting the evidence because it, it was such a kid glove type of situation. It was a very delicate when I first came out with it that I couldn't really hmm. explain too much behind it because, you know, it's just just what it was at the time. But now, yeah. you know, I'm able to articulate it a lot more. I, I want to present something a lot better so people will be like, oh, OK, that's like with the David Pilates thing, it's something that I want to present. It's, so it's a teachable moment for us all. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm just all seeing all
1: questions along. in the chat about oh, the okay. video that you're already talking about.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, some people are, are tuning in late and uh, that's that's fair. You guys could go back and watch the whole thing. It was a good discussion tonight. Um, again, like uh, we, we just kind of went in the direction and stuck to it. And uh, I appreciate that from you guys uh yeah, hey, very 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 articulate uh very
4: well said and uh before we go uh i was wondering if you would if you would like to share with everybody uh i hear there's a rumor that you're going to be uh, speaking at your first bigfoot conference
0: <laughs> yeah so i've i've never i've never been <laughs> I've never uh I've never been to a Bigfoot conference, not once ever in my life. And the first Bigfoot conference I'm gonna actually go to and be at, I'm gonna be speaking at. So and nice. that's the uh the uh, Virginia Bigfoot Conference And uh is it's not where's Cave, it's near Where's
4: Cave, Virginia, right? In- yeah, it's uh New Hope, Virginia. New Hope Virginia. Held- yeah. yeah. Yep. Six ninety one Battlefield Road. Fort Defiance, Virginia is the address to the venue. <laughs> so come on out and see. Uh, meet yeah. Pat. <laughs> yeah, come on, meet me. I'm, I'm yeah. a fun, fun I'm a guy to hang out with. All.
2: Um, I have to get yeah, going, uh, gentlemen. I'm sorry, but again, all right. And uh,
0: sorry, Leon. Uh, we're about to wrap up. so you. Uh, right, duck out of it. You have a good want. night,
4: like, Leon. Um, <laughs> thanks, Daniel. See you later. Yeah, pick
0: um, on here if you're
2: going to be shutting off pretty quick here, just to end it with the show. So. Okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead and wrap
0: up. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. A great discussion tonight, and uh, we'll do it again real soon. Uh, So, uh, thanks for watching. uh, Pat from Squatch Talk, and have a good night.